What's up, HVAC crew? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D, Ryan and Dennis. We're trying, I'm looking over the notes here, trying to see what we're going to get into tonight. I see uh, Tweaker get some duct tape. We got crack kills. Um, Jose finds a dead body. I mean, how can you not listen to a show like this? I know, right? We have so much fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, so... uh, Let's get it rolling. Yeah, come on. HVAC crew, welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D, glad you're here. Uh, Dennis and I are doing our best to keep our focus right now as the uh, our Braves are <laughs> getting ready to enter the top of the ninth in game three and they just gave up four runs and are now down a run, so we will try to stay focused and not pay so- too much attention to the athletes behind us. So, of course, I grew up born and raised in Atlanta, actually in Marietta there where they moved the stadium. But uh, so I guess everybody around the Carolina area just grew up Braves fan, right? You didn't really have a. Mostly, mostly because, I mean, really everything we could see since everything was Fox Sports South. I mean, everything was Braves. Right. And really, you know, there wasn't. Or you were just completely random. Like my neighbor was born and raised in South Carolina. He's a Dodgers fan. Like, well, well, and see, but there were, there's some Dodgers fans. There's a lot of Red Sox fans. I ended up being a Red Sox fan, but that was mainly just because I was a huge Nomar fan when I was in high school playing baseball. Yep. But Jeez, me too. I love Nomar and I love Ken Griffey Jr., which I at least got to see Ken Griffey Jr. play, but he was playing for the Reds by the time I got to see him. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I used to watch uh, Garcia Parra and Veritech at Georgia Tech. I was going to say, because you were a Tech fan. Yeah, we'd go down there and watch them. Of course, Tech baseball was really good back then. And I guess they're pretty good now. Some of that stuff's hard to follow. But they've, they've always been more of a baseball school than a football school, though. Golf, they're pretty same. solid in golf, too. Yeah, their football is, I mean, it's coming around. I think I think for us the biggest reason or one of the biggest reasons so many people are Braves fans is outside of the Braves and really the Falcons and the Hawks, there were no sports teams other than well no, that's a lie. The Hornets were there. But the Panthers didn't, you know, weren't in the Carolinas until ninety five. So, you know, the majority of us by the time the Panthers were around were all fans of somebody else. Right. I mean a lot of Green Bay and Dallas and Yep. I had a lot of best friends that were Cowboys fans and then I was a I was a outcast. I was a Raiders fan. The Raiders. 
Well, See, you had to have a Raiders starter jacket. Oh, I did. I had a Raiders starter jacket. I still have. <laughs> somebody three. stole it. <laughs> did, did you ever see? Uh, did you see my, my freaking? School. I was gonna say, did you see my Raiders helmet at the house when you went up to visit with mom and dad that one time? Was it the? Was it like a full size? Oh yeah, I got a full size freaking Raiders helmet. Sweet. No, I didn't see it. We were looking at all your band stuff. Yeah. So, you know, Halloween's coming up, and my daughter, she's ten. We're like, what do you, what do you want to be? You know, she's, I don't know if I want to be something scary this year. I'm gonna, she's gonna be a like a hippie, you know, bell bottoms, flower girl, hair stuff, you know, the the leather vest or the uh, you know the Indian style vest, and. uh I said, well, you, you can be 60s. I'll be, uh, mom's going to be 70s. So I'm going to be 80s. You have to get a bullet wig. No, I'm, so I'm doing the hip hop 80s. I got a big, huge Ooh, chain. Nice. I got a, <laughs> uh, a sweatsuit, like a jogging suit. Nice. Um, you know, some shell toes. So I told Corey, I said, so you gotta be the '90s. We'll cover them all. He's like, no, I, we all I already wear that crap to school now. I'm not dressing up like that. <laughs> like he's got on his skater shoes, his flannel, his khakis. <laughs> like he's already. I was like, yeah, you're right, bud. He's like, yeah, nobody's gonna know what the hell I am, dude. I was either, and I was in the high school in the 2000s, but I was wearing Doc Martens or Etnies. Or yep. <laughs> God, you remember the Jinko khakis? Oh, I remember people that wore Jinkos. I thought they were the dumbest shit I'd ever seen in my it's life. Just huge khakis. I, I just never understood that one. I never well, understood. It was kind of more on the skater it. side, because there was almost like a skater side, and then there was a grunge like rock side. I don't know. Yep. It was, of course, I was two thousands were more my speed. Which yes. I don't really know what the style was there. It was kind of. It was all kind of whatever. Anyway. <laughs> no, what was it? That was. No, the 2000s was what? Freaking American Eagle and Abercrombie and oh, all that yeah. crap. Um, which I can't yeah, say. None of that I shit wore, ever fit I wore, me. I wore American Eagle, it was about the only thing I could find jeans that fit. Nothing else fit me worth crap. Well, Abercrombie, their, their shorts and stuff were money and actually what i liked the best was freaking uh structure remember them oh yeah so that was who what are they they're um express men now or something express. <laughs> but yes yeah, stru- i had a pair of structure jeans forever so what are you uh what are, what are we drinking on tonight um well i actually thought you were I'm not on the being, wagon. Being on the wagon. So <laughs> I was being supportive and not drinking. <laughs> well, uh, I'm having a glass of uh, the old Riesling. Ooh. No, so what I'm not doing for 30 days, you know, I sent a text out to everybody. It's like, hey, look, I'm not drinking any alcohol for 30 days. I got to drop some LBs and the beer's killing me. Like, I'm going to the gym. And I'm not getting anywhere. And it's the 18 beers when I play golf. 
and then Monday there's something, and then Wednesday there's something, and then Thursday, and then there, there's always something around here going yep. on. Oh, I'm cooking out back. Well, let me have a couple beers. So I said, I'm just going to cut that out. So I went a couple weeks without any alcohol at all, which didn't bother me. But uh, then we went to went to Asheville this weekend with the kids and just hung out. And uh, I did have a couple vodka sodas with Tracy, which. Did you remember your lime wage? To make our, <laughs> our El Presidente proud. Our what? The lime wedge. You always got to have the lime wedge in the vodka. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'll throw that in there whether you ask for it or not anyway. So, yeah, I'm just cutting out the, uh, the huge chunks of beer, you know? I mean, it's almost like stop drinking soda for a month. The beer's killing me, man. It's so heavy. It just sits there. And see, and that's why I can't drink, like, the ultras. I'd rather drink, like, five and let them just, five or six quicker and let them hit than having to drink right. like 12 of those things. Yeah, I'd rather drink, like, two bourbons. That too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, everybody's like, oh, gosh, you know, he's not drinking anything and whatever my neighbors, he's like, Oh, here he comes, he's not drinking anything. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Jesus. You just do your thing and I'm gonna peer hang out. Like, Dennis, I don't have pressure. to drink. Yes, it's all peer pressure. I had my whiskey glass, I kept filling it up with water. I bet I drank a gallon of water hanging out over there. <laughs> I just kept filling it up. It's like a smoker, you gotta have something in your hand. That's true. You know? So you're not drinking anything? Really? Uh, at the moment, no, I'm actually not. I'm, right. I'm drinking ice water. Being a good boy. <laughs> Jeez. Because I drink like eight Modellos and three highballs at dinner. <laughs> See? So, <laughs> really, I'm just on the back end. <laughs> okay, you caught me. I was not, not drinking in solidarity. I just have already done my drinking for the evening. Yeah. I have things that have to get done tonight. <laughs> All right. So I opened my phone today. I was like, well, let me look at the old depressing stocks and look at Blackberry. I know. I'm, I'm cruising. I'm almost even, which scares me to say. I know. Cause it's, so it said going, I made it's going 500 bucks today. Of course, I'm still trying to climb out of the hole, but well, I don't know if there was any back. news, right? It was just kind of, Dude, I don't know. I've I mean, there's no news out. listed on Robinhood. Nope. And I um, didn't look at uh, I didn't look at the daily rip today from the old stock twits. Stock twits. Stock twits. Yep. Maybe yeah, it just says there. to the moon. You know. <laughs> I know. I give it to them. They're always good about all their memes. Oh, they're positive on there. Yes. They're very positive. You read it and you're like, you know what? I think this was a good purchase. And the next day it just hits the toilet and you're like, God, who told me to buy this? And then all the people that are on the little chat are like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's amazing how much shade is thrown on stock twits. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, I told you it was going to the moon. The next day he's like, you need to buy it while it's low. What's <laughs> it's bad low? today. What's low? I don't know what's high either. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen where AMC is still hanging tough. It's, it's actually it went up and then came back down a good bit today. Yeah, the usual run it up to the mid 40s and dump it. Yeah. I thought Blackberry hit, uh, got to 1160. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, sell, sell. Yeah, it's 1143 right now. But if it, it opens, if it opens there and goes up a little bit, hey. Yeah. So I was looking at Podbean, looking at our stats. Pretty good on our last episode. Um, I haven't looked in a few days. Our North Carolina listeners are slacking. California's in the lead. I mean... That's all our uh, no gas furnaces, all electric. Hey, well, you know what? We get to talk about that a little bit, too, because I'll yep. tell you, that stuff is coming quicker than people want to admit. Yeah, North Carolina is one of the big ones mm-hmm. pushing for that. Old Duke Energy has spent a lot of millions on that. It's amazing how much money they want to spend to make you switch while seemingly not changing much of the power grid. So I don't know. Maybe I just don't know. Maybe I'm uninformed. It's very possible. <laughs> if any of you out there know more, please let us know. We would love to talk about it. Yeah, that big factory meeting I had, it was North Carolina was really hard pushing for full electric everything. Of course, I got contractors that keep putting in High sear heat pumps way up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I don't mind it, but. It is interesting. I mean, I don't, I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to go high sear, you know. A 14 sear, you know, 4,000 feet above sea level when it's I don't know I just don't think it'll work I mean it'll work but well and that's that's what's going to be so interesting you know what's it going to do to the market when they keep changing all the furnace regulations and everything else I don't know I mean humidity is a big part of your heat your heat like Everybody's like, I don't, I don't like heat pump heat. I like furnace heat. But to me, when a furnace comes on, depending on the system, obviously, but it gets too hot by the time it shuts off. It still raises, it still raises the temperature. That is always just freaking, it's it's stuffy. It's so dry. If you don't have a humidifier, you're in trouble in most cases. Right. That's what I mean. Um, 
I remember the first Christmas that I stayed at my in-laws. Well, actually, they weren't even my in-laws yet. It was the first Christmas Chris and I had together. And I remember we were on an air mattress in this one back room. And the vent was right by my head. And I swear, <laughs> I felt so dried out for like two oh, days. Yeah. It was miserable. <laughs> the old air mattress. God. I also remember. Like, I can't sleep on shit like that anymore. I'm not used to. Unless I'm passed out. But. I, I slept on one the entire time I was in college. Other than, at least when I was in a dorm. I had like a double layer queen size blow up mattress for two years. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sleeping on this. For you wake up. And you're in the middle because you're like a little taco. Yep. Because all the air ran out somewhere. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you can't roll over. It's it's literally like you're just in a taco. How many days did I skip class because I could not get out of my air mattress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can't get out of the middle. You're just... So we had hunting camp in South Georgia and... My buddy had a, uh, we were still trying to build all our bunk houses and stuff, but we were down there in November and he had a construction trailer with just where you open the top, the little vent. And it was literally an enclosed like 14 foot trailer, just with the the door that led down in the back. And uh, I just threw an air mattress in it. Well, you know, those trailers are not, I mean, they're not made to sleep in. No. At, at all. Like they're like one inch thick. So I'm in there I'm in there on an air mattress and there's this place is in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no light except for the moon. And he shut that door and you couldn't see your hand literally in front of you. Jeez. And I was so cold because the air in the air mattress gets just as cold as the oh, outside. Yeah. So you're laying on ice, essentially. And I was so cold and it was so dark. I didn't know if my eyes were open or closed. Like, I didn't know if I was sleeping. (laughs) It was weird. Like, I just laid there. I'm like, am I sleeping? I don't know. Am I? Oh, man. I felt like shit the next day. Good God. It was like seven degrees. I mean, I couldn't wait to get up and go hunting because I couldn't sleep in there anymore. Now, see, uh, I never did hunting camp. It was always fishing camp because we had the camp and the golf. But that was right. totally different. Yeah, this was this was a cool little spot. I'm glad Corey got to experience it a little bit. Um, it was two hours from the house. Um, it was a ton of acres my buddy bought. And we had 20 of us that hunted there. and Everybody ended up building a, either, either pulled a camper down there or they... Me and Corey bought like this 1950s camper and gutted it and remodeled it. You know, it was like a a 10 footer, (laughs) you know, just something to throw up and, uh, all you're doing sleeping in it, but no running water, no power. We had all this stuff built to catch water and we had solar panels and generators and it was pretty cool. I had my camper. I had a little tankless I bought. (laughs) Caught my water in a gutter system and 
you put like like in a 55 gallon drum i'd have like three bottle caps of bleach which was like that was like the perfect amount like you couldn't drink it but it it didn't get algae or nothing in it you know and i had a pump like a 12 volt pump it was a sweet little setup man off the grid i can't think of the last time i went camping at all of course we drug a ton of shit down there you know 25 bags of doritos bologna of course bread that's <laughs> all we ate the whole time bologna sandwiches and doritos <laughs> kick over some doritos right now oh yeah i'm always a, i'm always up for doritos and i really i can't get i just love the original nacho cheese yeah, I could never get into the ranch too much. I mean, I can eat them. Yeah, but. I never got into Cool Ranch, and then it, I had, I like spicy nacho a little bit there for a while. Still do at times, but like outside of that, I just, they keep trying to come up with all these clever, different, clever, crazy flavors of all different kinds of things. And I'm like, you know, if it ain't broke. No, it's, you got to go with the original. I had some Funyuns today for lunch. See, classic. That's a good one. So EGIA is uh, around the corner. Yeah, what are we down to? Uh, oh, wait. It's next week, guys. Yep. If you're not going or hadn't signed up, I think we got just a few days left to take advantage of discount code RD50 for 50 bucks off at epic2021event.com. Yep. Look at you plugging. I was about to drop that in there. Hurry up. Get your tickets today. <laughs> what's up hvac crew dennis here from hvac r&d to talk to you a little bit about the ultimate educational experience for the contractor as you know i'm on the training side of this industry and i can't stress it enough that you can't miss this event as you know we partnered with egia contracting university to support them on this highly anticipated event Epic 2021 will take place at Paris Las Vegas on the iconic Las Vegas Strip October 28th and the 29th. It will feature celebrity keynote presenters like Damon John, John Taffer, and those passing zone guys. Breakout sessions delivered by legendary industry experts, access to the best in class product and service providers, dynamic networking opportunities, and an unforgettable evening party at the top of the Paris Las Vegas. And of course, me and Ryan are going to hook you up with $50 off when you go to rd50 at epic2021.com. That's rd50 at epic2021.com. And we hope to see you out there. Yeah, come on. So while we're on that topic, this is a little, we're a little early to talk about it, but I guess we could throw it in there. Yeah, we're, we currently are, we're doing everything we're, we can to see if we can get an AHR. I mean, we're awesome. going. I think, we're, yeah, pretty sure we're going to go regardless, but uh, yeah, it'd be awesome to have a spot there. If That's not, a great we're still show, gonna, man. Yeah, if not, we're still going to go pester people anyway, but I was emailing back and forth with someone and she said it was full, 
but she didn't say it was closed. <laughs> so you're so saying there's a chance. That's all I could think was, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so, of course, I had to write back a massive email trying to sell her on the fact of why HVAC R&D should be at the HRA Expo in the podcast pavilion. So if anybody feels like assisting, please <laughs> let us know. Yeah. We would love your support. I mean, how many HVAC podcasts can there be? I guess maybe there's more than I think, but I do, I do feel, and this is, I mean, I've looked them up. There's, you know, is there 50 that are pretty strong? Uh, Maybe. That's what I mean. It's it's not. Maybe. And I mean, if we're, and if we're missing you out there, sorry guys, we're still, we've only been doing this, what, about a year? So we, yeah, but I'm saying when I search it, right? I mean, there's only one way to search it. There really is. And I do. And on Podbean, I can scroll down and and I go to the end pretty quick, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And like I said, Pandora or something, you know. Yeah, like I said to her, I feel like we are we're the only podcast that I know of that's done by guys that work in the middle ground between the contractor and the manufacturer. So we're I feel like we have a perspective that no other podcast really has all the time. Now they might have a guest that's in distribution here and there, but I don't, I don't, I haven't found one that has our perspective of having been contractor, then been right. distributor, and now dealing with both. It's just a different. It's different to me. Yeah, and I listen to quite a few of them. I'm trying to jump around just to see what's out there. No, I finally, I finally was able to listen to some of uh, oh, was it Women Behind the Wrench, which is a. Uh, nerdy girl mechanic who's one of the people we've connected with on instagram and you know it's not always easy to have the time to listen to everybody else's show but we really we want to hear what everybody's really what everybody does and kind of how they do their thing because we want to be able to help them grow and maybe every now and then we can get some help from them too um yeah but yeah we're all on the same thing here so yeah i think the episode i listened to was her and another another female that's in in the business who I think is I think it's HVAC Jess and now she grew up in a heating and air company you know with the whole time she was going to be the one that got sent to college to go do this this and this which was right. really kind of the same story I got you know I was going to be the kid that went to school and did something else I'm a freaking distributor in HVAC well yeah that didn't you work know, out um, <laughs> I didn't get far away so I think I think from there 20-25 minute talk i think a lot of it was you know now she's back in the family business and she's you know trying to to really have a leadership role there and grow which i think is awesome oh yeah that's cool me might as well i mean especially i've been i've had a lot of owners come to me um you know we'll be talking about a technical call or something and uh They'd be like, man, can you can you talk to my son? You know, I was telling you this the other day. They're like, can you talk to my son? I, I really want to give him the business, but he's just not. He doesn't want it. He said, I'm literally going to give it to him. And we're talking about a you know a company that buys over a hundred grand in equipment. Like the phone just rings. He doesn't even advertise. All he has to do is just 
keep working. Yeah. Or if he wants to grow, there's a platform, right? It's ready. Well, and if you're if you're a business in that hundred thousand dollar purchases market, you know, you know, the only place really to go is up. Right. You know, oh, it's ready. It's just at idle. That's right where it's getting ready to kick off if you want it to. Or you could make a good living, but he these guys can't even get their kids to take over. And it's because, you know, most of them are younger. Now, not all in cases, but most of them are younger and none of them got raised with a work ethic. And I mean, yeah. and that's Yeah, these were these are all 25 to 35. And I said, "Man, I I can talk to him, but I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell him." I mean, he should know. I mean, he, I mean, he grew up, you know, he should know it's a license to print money. I mean, well, and see so, you know, that I'll tell you, you know, maybe he doesn't know. I was just I was burnt out from it from having done it since I was since I was young. I just right. didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but mine was, you know, mine was never, I didn't want to work. I just wanted to try something else. Yeah. I mean, we all hit a wall in certain industries. I mean, I love doing woodwork, cabinets, construction, like, but that industry just, just still pays the same as it, you know, unless you. Unless you're a general contractor and you sub everything out. But see, then I'm not doing my work. I'm not really doing it. Correct. You know, I don't have a hand in it. I'm just a scheduler, you know. So, but that that side of the, that industry just kind of, it just never took off more than what it was. So, um, this industry here, you know, you get burnt out in the field, you can go into other things, you know, go into sales. Um, work for a distributor, sell for a distributor. I mean, tech and, support. And and you know that, it, and outside of that, it's not just you know distribution, but you've also got, you know, you got manufacturers reps. There's a whole there's there's so many different. Oh, there's a ton are, of stuff tied into this stuff. So just yeah, because, go to the go to the expo and look around. For, just look around at job opportunities. Just instead of looking at product. See what we did. It's there? crazy. See what we did there, yeah. AHR? Come on, guys. You know you want us there. <laughs> so, I guess. So, uh, yeah, what you want to get into here, Art? You, you want to do a the little, actual show here? Yeah, you know, we could do a little market update. We won't get too crazy. Um, you know, See, I'm a listener here, too, when, yeah, just, when it comes just to this. Because, you know, we all were really hoping that there would be no more increases in Q4. Yeah, I think there's going to be more. Um, Jeez, everything I've seen today and everything I'm I'm hearing, did this stuff is we are we are potentially probably years from this stuff ever clearing up. It has become such a cluster. Wow. <laughs> you know, we're already in most cases we're ordering what three to six months in advance from almost every single manufacturer now. I mean, just think about that. Think about what you said. Right. Yeah, but you're talking about Mm -hmm. a whole, you know, five warehouses of equipment. Yeah. Well, 16 if you count everything. But, I mean, you're talking millions and millions of dollars that we are throwing out there. Six months in advance. Six months in advance when, in most cases, you know, in most cases, distribution is just like contractors. We've got 30-day terms of the manufacturer. 
Right. You know. But we got new equipment. <laughs> you know, we got new refrigerants and new equipment coming down the line that they're talking. Yeah. Well, they're talking. They're just gonna pull the plug, There's, and you got to start selling the new stuff. Yeah, which. And, and Nobody knows that, yet. Yeah, no one even really knows yet. You know, the one thing that we had going for us when we had 14 zero change orders, we had an 18 month grace period to sell through what we had. Right. I'll be honest. I don't think we're going to see that this time. What was the grace period for the furnaces? For the uh, as long as it was so fer changes. Yeah, so with fer changes, as long as it was built. As long as the furnace was built before July 4th of, what, 2019, right? it was fine. And I'll be honest, we still have a few, like, PSC furnaces floating around that, you know, I was gonna say, that I've we can still those. sell and we can still register because they were built before. Um, we, bought, we bought a whole bunch of backed up PSC furnaces last summer thinking, you know, trying to plan ahead for this stuff and even doing things like that trying to avoid shortages and headaches it still didn't solve all the problems well we only had a few contractors that just insisted on yep a psc motor and a lot of them have have since just realized that unfortunately whether they like constant torques or not that's that's what they're going to get because we don't have a choice <laughs> right you know i had I had a guy this week, you know, because I know you and I have both spent more time on the counter here lately than we've wanted to. But if there's anything that counter does is if if you ever thought you didn't have a pulse on what was going on, you go throw yourself on the counter for a few days and you start seeing, you know, you get right back in the thick of it with a bunch of different people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I had a guy the other day, he was going to spend, see, what was it, a 2009 unit, so it's 12. 12 years old, it's out of warranty, needed a blower motor, but it's a constant torque. Even it was 09, but it's a constant torque. And I said, well, you know, your factory motor that we have to program is, you know, 360 bucks. I said, or you can use a, you know, you can use a universal constant torque and it's about 250. Right. So he comes and on Friday and he picked that one up sometime late, late Friday. I wasn't on the counter when he got there. Um, but then this morning, Guess who came bringing that motor back? Because it's too complicated. Oh, was it the Universal? Oh yeah. So he, he, he you know, he was going to save some money, but then he didn't want to crack a book and figure out how to use it. Yeah, they come so, with a great book. So he brought it back, and he's like, you know, man, I'll, I'll just so that it's easier. You know, I'll just I'll just pay that extra and let you go ahead and get that motor for me. I'm, I'm going to see if someone else might have one, but I'll come back. Jeez. I'll come back and get it. If, from you guys if uh, if i need it i said oh okay no problem now see that's that's gonna be pretty normal moving yeah. forward yeah i mean it's pretty normal now but um i mean you can't beat that that azure motor that you that you, you pick a speed and then it it bases it on you know the static that's pushing back on it 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 sets its own it's a variable speed motor essentially, but um, once you program it, then you unplug your 24 volts to it, and it's it just rides right there. But um, well, and I know we talked about that other one a couple weeks ago. I just got you one ordered today. So what to pl- to mess with? Yes, sweet. 
So uh, I don't know when I'll get that anything, but sometime in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll see if we can do a little review on that thing. Maybe we'll get the Mars rep to throw us a bone. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so I know we already touched on you know get push into all electric. Um, but one thing I did notice is the last couple of weeks I've seen all kinds of uh, stuff in the news in England and overseas as well where a lot of places are trying to push to go all electric. Yeah, I mean, it's coming this way. Yep. You know, they, they're... they're Starts it, on the West and heads this way. Well, and they're rolling out massive tax credits in the UK right now for, you know, getting away from furnaces and boilers, it looks like. So oh, there's got to be an incentive or people oh, aren't yeah. going to do it. So, you know, a lot of guys here, and I think part of me want to say that there's so many guys in the U.S. that just get so angry with what's going on or what's being changed here. It's not just us. I mean, it's it's everywhere that a lot of this stuff is changing. Now, there are places that are further behind us, but there are also places that are further ahead of us. Right. Um, but it's, as a whole, this industry is going to keep getting pushed more and more efficient. Refrigerants are going to continue changing because people that manufacture them have patents that run out. So they got to create new regulations to want to build something else. That's just how right. it happened. Um, it's nothing new. Uh, it's just, here we go again. Yeah, they keep, so a lot of, a lot of uh, manufacturers keep changing the uh, microchannel coil. You know, they keep coming out with their own patent, their own coil. Um, as we go up in efficiency, you know, we got to increase the surface area. I mean, you can't, we, we can only make the coal so much bigger. We're going to run out of room there. So now we're trying to, you know, every brand's trying to figure out how to get more surface area out of the coal. So I heard they're going to be changing some more. Um, but the one thing about these micro channel is all this stuff's repairable. I mean, literally, right in the middle, whatever. You just, there's kits, there's, you know, there's aluminum brazen rod, there's all this stuff. Um, so we just gotta, we just gotta go with the flow, man. You gotta embrace it. Well, in, in talking about going with the flow, microchannel being one of the things that changes a lot of efficiencies, I know... I've had some questions here from some contractors the last couple of weeks, you know, that have been rolling up on some much, much older, like mid eighties to early nineties, 22 stuff. And, yep. you know, they're struggling with sizing and deciding what to do, you know, with 30 year old newer 410 equipment. Now, from what I've seen, you know, used to everybody went by their square foot method or whatever was their rule of thumb because a rule of thumb because no one wants to run low cow. <laughs> right. Ever. Yeah. Divided by 600. Yeah. But I'll be honest, that rule doesn't, is not the same anymore. I really seem to find that it's more like 525 to 550 feet. Right. Because most stuff now, you know, a two and a half ton is not making. 30,000 BTUs it's making 28 well that's the thing so that's that that's all based around like when I do a class like that it's it's based around the manufacturer's specs you know correct 
um, trains, you know, two ton and roots, two ton and Goodman's, they're all different. Yep. Um, they may have, they could literally all have the same compressor in them, but, uh, you got to remember that compressor that those, those BTUs and all that, the capacity that's on the side of that compressor, that's like having a motor before you put a turbo on it or before you put, you know, a carburetor on it and a fan and, you know, so, and everybody's coal is different. Everybody's got a different fan blade. Everybody's got a different, you know, so you, you, you can't just swap ton for ton that will bite you. Um, that's why I'm kind of looking forward to inverter stuff really becoming strong because it's going to solve a lot of problems, man. Nope. I agree with you. If you embrace it, um, EEVs, I'm telling you, man, I'll take an EEV over any new TXV. Yep. They're just, there's no parts there. The motors are solid. Um, and that, that almost goes for any brand, you know. Since we have, since, since our brand has brought EEVs in, in 14, I can't think of one I've actually sold. Yeah, you mean warrantied out? Yeah, I cannot think. Well, there's nothing to them. There's just nothing to them. I mean, if anything goes bad, it's the thermistor telling it to open or close. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's not hard to change. So... Um. Yeah, it's a sealed four-phase motor. I mean, it's DC. It's um, brushless. I mean, it's just not. And and the valve itself is just a needle with a magnetic ring around it that just spins open and spins closed. I mean, there's nothing to it. Um, it doesn't have a power head. It doesn't have. Uh, a superheat spring. It doesn't have an equalizing line. I mean, it doesn't have any of that. And it doesn't need it. And that's where the a lot of guys they they hear electronic and they're just scared to death of it, but they don't realize. Yes, it's electronic, but you don't have all of these other. I guess you could call it analog features. Yeah, they fail this, a lot. They fail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Sensing bulb loses charge. You're done. You know, superheat spring sticks. Um, it's not, I mean, the TXV, <laughs> there's only so many brands that make them for one, and they are not the most reliable, you know, it, it's not a gas valve. No. They're not, they're not that reliable. Of course, you know, everybody says, Hey, he probably didn't braze with nitrogen. I mean, I get it, but I've tapped on them before and they all of a sudden, unstick and they start working they unthaw and uh and then three days later they're back again and you know i'm talking about you know well installed systems nitrogen good vacs there's just too many parts to them i think but yeah i'm kind of looking forward to some of these new changes um maybe because i'm not in the field i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's the truth I know we got to carry around quite a few jugs of refrigerant brands wise or type. That's going to suck. No, and I feel like we're still finding out new stuff on that every single day. 
Yeah, I will say, you know, of course, we'll, we'll do an episode on this, but, um, you know, Train will have its it, its brand, or, uh, you know, it's, um, they're going to have theirs, you know, Carrier's going to have theirs, Root will have theirs. I don't know what Linux is going to have. Um, but the whole flammability, like, it's not flammable like you think. You know, jump on YouTube, watch some videos, do some research. Yeah, you showed me a bunch of that last week. I was like, yeah, there's no propane in it. Um, it's got to get extremely hot. Like, this guy had a had a a hose attached to the jug. I think this was uh one two three four YF, which is what Carrier is going to use, and he just had it coming out the hose, and he had a spark igniter. And it wouldn't do anything. Um, he turned around and aimed it towards a like a stove burner, and it put it out. You know, so not what you think. Um, we're not supposed to be un unsoldering a compressor, unbrazing a line anyway. <laughs> you need to, you know, all those practices still need to come into play, but. Yeah, you were telling me about the uh, contractor that had that ranch. Yeah. Speaking of zoning and R twenty two stuff. Yeah, it's got, so yeah, it had two. I think it's got two existing two and a half tons, but this massive freaking house on a leaky old crawl space. It's got a lot of vaulted ceilings. It's thirty two hundred plus square feet. Big bay windows in the back. Um, I mean, it's all a six plus tons when I put it into a, a block load. Right. <clears throat> and I mean, you know, just trying to sit here and spitball back and forth with them. And one guy was like, well, what if we just, you know, use it as a, why don't we just zone a five ton and try to save some money going back in there? I said, man, you're not going to be saving money. You're going to create a bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, all the duck works there. I mean, I guess that you could redo it or rewrap it. I don't know if it's hard pipe, but I don't know. And, and you know, I was, I asked some of those questions, but I didn't get all the answers to those questions. So, I mean, I don't like the idea of zoning. Um, if you have to zone something, I got it right. Like if it's all built from ground zero, uh, I get it. But the whole concept, it's just really hard on a system. Like it's hard on the components. I don't think you get your life out of your system. Um, I don't think you do. Unless it's it, just it set kills, up perfect, man. Systems. Yeah, it's hard on the motor. Money. It's hard on the static. It's hard on the coals. Um, the you know the blower, obviously, and you're just trading one thing for another. I mean, a big ranch like that, I would want. I mean, I would want two systems in it, but. How typically the stats in the middle and <laughs> in the hallway or whatever. Now remember we I saw, said, you know, I'm trying to think. Remember that one big ranch we went to that had that four ton dual fuel system over on the other side of the lake? Uh, I think so. Remember the freaking huge house made us both look like we were two feet tall because it had like twelve foot ceilings or some crazy crap. Like oh. That. Yeah, you talking about the new new construction? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that was, 
that was prime example of how you know you can use an inverter on a massive house and you don't have to zone it it'll take care of it for you well and that's the other thing you talk about like you got to run a load on this house right like insulation let's just say it was blown in in the 90s like reblown in yep like it's non-existent right these guys are going out there and they're saying oh it's got two you know it's got two two and a half tons on it or two two tons um the homeowner's like yeah it's not keeping up anymore my systems are just struggling that system is still removing the same amount of heat as it did the day it started essentially um but now there's more heat in the house yep because the insulation is settled the windows suck right the crawl space is worse there's more junk um, in the house that holds heat or holds cool yeah so what are you gonna do are you gonna make the house more efficient or are you gonna upsize the hvac and then then when they decide to fix the house now they, you're too big oversized so contractors need to start having that conversation more with the homeowner and you know i always explain to them well you know i just checked your system out and it's it's working like a champ but your house has got you know they're they're always scared they're going to lose an hvac sale right yeah um but you know it's still it's still inefficient it's still using a bunch of power it's still not keeping good humidity we can still get it out of here, but these are some things you might want to look at moving forward. Um, and that's where that inverter technology is just going to be huge. Uh, you can't oversize one. No. I mean, you'd really have to... <laughs> you'd really have to screw that up. Well, you know, you know I feel like our industry is going back towards how it started when air conditioners first came out in what 50s 60s kind of like yeah mass market really production wise you had a big unit a little unit which essentially from what i really can gather was probably you had about a two and a half three ton and you had a five ton something similar to that's my guess right i feel like we're going back there I feel like at some point we're just going to have an inverter that does three ton and down and an inverter that does three ton to five ton. And that's what we use. Well, yeah, you got, you got the mini split units that are, that are standard air handlers and they're just two, three and five. And you flip a dip switch, right? The blower is going to, you flip a dip switch and it, t- it says, okay, the outdoor now is a two and a half and the blower is yep. going to match. That's it. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm, totally cool with that it's good humidity control we don't have to try to size the unit dead nuts yep. then when it gets 95 degrees that day the homeowner's not calling you man this thing ain't keeping up you know mm-hmm. but it did last week when it was 90 um but all right so you got some the yeah. counter guy they said yeah, it'll a, be fun got a few got a few counter stories uh, so several weeks ago, we had a story that we were going to put on here and I completely forgot about us talking about. I also felt mildly like it would probably get me in trouble 
because it was the guy's <laughs> accent that just made it so funny. Oh, geez. Now, the interesting thing is, earlier, no, late last week, another guy from the same company was in there on the counter ordering stuff, and he was doing the same thing to a guy. So come to find out, there's one guy for this company who, the guy who owns this company was one of the people we featured episodes and episodes back with our uh, contractor voicemails. Yep. But anyway, so he's got one guy who's one of the lead installers and, you know, he goes out to a job and he's, he'll put a list together and then he's got two or three different guys that'll, that'll run to different jobs or run to the warehouses for different jobs. So a couple weeks ago, you know, this guy came in, um, he's an older, um, Asian guy, super nice. He's hilarious. And, you know, he comes in, he orders, you know, he's got his list of stuff. You know, we get all of his stuff and then he's back on the phone and he's like, he's like, Hey, I need to add a few things. We're like, okay. So then he's on the phone with this other guy and he's like, Hey, Oh, you need to get that. He's like, man, I don't drive a semi. Where do you want me to put this thing? <laughs> you know, and he is given this, he's given the dude on the other side of the phone absolute just down the road for all the different things that he keeps. Is he a tech? So no, he's, he's a, he's a lead installer too, or he's another main installer. Um, and he does some, he does some service, but you know, if they're, they do a lot of big commercial stuff. So there's a lot of times that they're, they're all on one big job. Right. Cause they do 30 and 50. I was there that day. I think I walked in right after he, (laughs) you did. And man, I mean, everybody in there was rolling. He's like, oh, you forgot that too? Okay, yeah, I get that. I add that to my truck. He's like, let me go. <laughs> He's like, I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'll bring it to you. He's like, man, I might have to make two trips. So, I mean, he just gives this guy shit for probably 10, 15 minutes. And everybody is dying laughing. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. So, last week, you know, guy comes in. He's another younger guy that works there. Now, he, this dude is like a you know, just a base installer or helper. So he's right. there, he's there with the list from his boss or not his boss, but from his lead. Was the list on like a two by four or uh, I think it was a nice cardboard. I'm guessing it was a piece of cardboard cut off a flex box. It's <laughs> kind of what it looked like, you know, because uh, we recycle in HVAC. That's right. We don't waste ever. Jesus. <laughs> Tell that to the dumpster of the people next door to us. Good Lord. Yep. Um, so anyway, you know, this guy goes through his list, gets everything, and then he's getting ready to leave and his phone rings. Well, it just so happens it's that same lead installer from the from like two weeks ago. Once again, he's forgot like line item after line item after line item. Oh yeah, will you add this to? Oh yeah, add this to. And dude, this this kid is absolutely just ripping him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, man, he's like, I don't know where I would do this. He's like, man, I'm already packed up. I'm loaded. Do you really need that? Do we got to do that today? You sure? Oh, did you forget that too? Oh, no. Oh, you needed some webbing? Good job. How'd you expect us to get all this duck work up? You didn't even think about putting a strap on the list, boss. Good job. I mean, it was, dude, I was dying. Wow. And this one, this one, I wasn't staying at the counter. I was sitting in my office because we actually had three other people there that day. And I was sitting in there and I could hear every word and I was just dying laughing in my office because nobody could see me laughing. It was so <laughs> funny. Oh, God. It probably doesn't even sound funny telling the story, but 
Well, I am. You know, yeah, you got to be there. It's for, it's so dang funny. And then uh, <laughs> this other one, Tweaker, gets some duct tape. This is interesting. So a guy called the store. Um, you know, there's there are house accounts that I don't really deal with on a day to day basis. Right. So this guy, I think, is a house account. He buys some stuff here and there. And you no, know, he called in. Was a nice guy. He said, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm coming." You know, I need to get this, this, and this, and it's a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. It's nothing, nothing, nothing major. And, you know, I get everything put together for him. He's like, all right, I'll see you in, you know, an hour or two. Okay. So an hour or two goes by, and here come, you know, I'm standing on, on the counter. Customer I'm working with walks away, and then oh, door opens up, and here comes this guy just kind of wandering in. He's like, hey, man, can I help you? Well, he's the guy I talked to two hours ago when he was sober. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I mean, his eyes were going different directions. This dude oh, he was, was absolutely lit up. And, you know, he's like, hey, I need... Oh, can geez. I get this and this and can I add this? You know, so we add this stuff to it. And I mean... This guy's got a license on file. He's got, I mean, he's got everything on file. We, you know, we don't sell to someone if they're not a licensed contractor. He's got right. everything on file. Uh, you know, what do we do here? You know, when I talked to him on the phone the first time, he was fine. I just sent but it. I said, well, I, you know, here we go. So, <laughs> you know, we add all this other stuff to his ticket and, you know, his totals like 600 something bucks. So, you know, I tell him what his total is and he reaches in his pocket and he, and I mean, he just pulls out like this, this wad. Of, oh, of, of course money. he does. Just wad. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, and I'm not talking like, you know, big wad of hundreds neatly wrapped up. I'm talking like handful of crumpled up everything. And he drops it on the counter and starts picking through trying to find, oh, trying to wow. find what he's got. Only an HVAC. So, I mean, he's sitting there, you know, he's doing like the slow motion hands going through his, his money. And then, <laughs> you know, he gets, he finally gets through everything. He's like handing me stuff and I'm counting for him. Yeah, I would. You know, yeah. I'm sitting here counting. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, we got a hundred. All right. 200, 300, 400, 500. <laughs> and that's where we run out of money. So I was like, all right, buddy. I said, well, I said, you know, have you got a card that you got, you know, to get the rest of this or what do we need to do here? Uh, what did I get? Uh, what did, what, uh, take that, take that 16 inch off. What's my total without that? Oh, I was like, gosh. so we're just going to decide what we're not fixing. Right. <laughs> That's essentially you know? what we're doing. So, yeah. You know, we, we whittle this thing down. We get get it down to like, he had like $532 and some change. And that's what we get this down to. <laughs> so, God. now what I didn't see is once I get him paid for, you know, he he had gathered his few things in the on the counter area and kind of jumbled them on the counter. I said, hey man, I was like, why don't you go get your truck and, you know, I'll meet you on bay one. So, what I didn't notice was 
initially how he had attempted to park in the parking lot the first time. Hmm. He like jackknifed his truck into the parking lot. Somehow. Was like, he pulling a trailer? Oh yeah. He was pulling oh, like a geez. 14 foot like mowing trailer. <laughs> you know? Mm. So now this is where it gets even more interesting. So the company name sounded really familiar because it was a company name that I had dealt with for many, many years ago, a decade ago when I worked in another state. Yep. So I saw, you know, I look out there, I see his truck and I'm like, dude, I know that company because those guys, his location used to be right out the back door of the branch I worked at for two years. Like we were all buddies. Like they used to come and hang out with us all the time. You know, it's got their phone number on it. You know, the guy's names were Danny and Dan. So, you know, you can't really forget the two Dans that run a company. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he's driving that truck, you know. I'm, so he walks out, he gets in his truck, and I'm watching him attempt to back this thing over to the to the dock. Somehow he does oh, it geez. magically. Doesn't run into the wall. That was impressive. Um, we get all of his stuff pulled. You know, he's putting his collars and stuff one at a time in the back of his truck. Like walking and grabbing <laughs> one, putting in the truck, walking and grabbing another one, putting the truck. Because he's still, I mean, out of oh, his Oh, he's tweaked out. Oh, he is out of his mind. So, you know, he gets all of his collars in there. He's got plenty of room he could actually put the flex in, in his truck. Easily. <laughs> but he doesn't. So he he stacks the f- like five boxes of flex he ended up getting. He stacks them on his trailer. Now here's where it gets very interesting. Because most people, if you stack something in their trailer, you know they're just going to use a tie down and tie it down. Right. Oh no, not this guy. He busts out this brand new thirty dollar roll of freaking duct tape. And dude, he starts duct taping the flex boxes to his fucking trailer. <laughs> no, that stuff's not cheap. I was like, what are you doing? And I, I literally, I looked at like the two other people. Cause like, that was the last of stuff. And I said, dude, I got to walk away or I'm going to laugh at this guy right here. I said, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I said, I feel like I've been babysitting for 30 minutes. I mean, it's duct tape, man. You use it for whatever. <laughs> I was like, I was I was trying to get a picture of it. I couldn't. I was trying so hard without being conspicuous, but it was not happening. I mean, he didn't have a strap or anything. No, apparently not. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, he probably used almost half a roll of tape, taping those five boxes of flex to his trailer. It's the wow. funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> With at least in that situation, my lord. I swear. The things yeah, you was, see in this business are hilarious. So I was going to say, like, I mean, what do you think is the difference between, I feel like a lot of contractors ask a lot for an HVAC counter guy, right? Essentially, they should be able to be, you know, the same as like O'Reilly's or AutoZone, right? But, I see contractors come in there and they're like, man, this, that counter guy didn't know anything about that TXV. And like, they want you to 
be able to give advice on how to put it in and i'm yeah. like man you're the contractor like, yeah and that's that's the problem you know they want they want these like guys we should be able to hire a guy that doesn't know hvac yeah look up the part yeah now is he gonna you know think it? i can put that on this system you think it'll work i'm like yeah and then they get he shouldn't have to him. answer that yeah, right no we shouldn't but that's where we're at man with this industry like and that's why um, you see, you know, there are so many guys that don't make it as counter guys that could have been really good beyond that if anyone had given them, you know, six months to actually try to learn anything. But, you know, the headache is, you know, contractors come in there, they're in a hurry. They know this one out of the three guys there is brand new and they just won't talk to them. The thing is, that guy's never going to be able to get anywhere to help you if you don't at least give him a, try, a chance every now and then. Now, I get right. it. There's days you're in a hurry, and then there's days you're in a hurry. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, because looking, looking the stuff up, you know, what's it under, what's it under, what's it under. Yeah, all that takes time um, to, to learn. Right, you especially know, if you didn't come from the industry. And yeah. even if you did come from the industry, maybe it's were, different. Well, and if you did come from the industry, maybe you were selling a different brand. Right. You know, trust me. I mean, unless their sister brands and their model numbers are the same, you know, you don't learn new nomenclature overnight. And you really... Well, that new that new counter guy we got in there now, you know, he's picking up on it really quick, but he, did, he's, he doesn't know what... Or he didn't know what a condenser... Between a condenser and a heat pump, like... No, he doesn't have a clue. I mean, or didn't. He doesn't know what an air handler and a furnace is. He doesn't know, but... These guys are calling him on the phone and have him look up a TXV, and they're like, "Man, can I just uh, just unscrew this thing and throw a piston in it?" And you're like, "He don't even know what they're talking about." Which no. you shouldn't be asking that to a counter. No, guy. you shouldn't. Um, and I'll hear guys, "Yeah, I called over there to that place, that distributor, and man, them counter guys don't know nothing." What does that mean? That's it. What does that mean? Is exactly they just they couldn't give you answers on how to do your job. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah, I, I see. I've been seeing a lot of that. So, moral of the story is one: good help is hard to find. But also, yeah. if you got a new counter guy in your branch, you're going to talk to, coming from someone that started as a counter guy and a warehouse guy, man, give us a chance. Because you know what, you give yeah. us a chance. It lets us get better. It helps build a relationship, and that's all that this business is built on anyway, is relationships and taking care of each other. It's a big industry, but it's a small industry at the same time. That's right. Yeah, if he if he knows what he's talking about, he'll engage with you naturally. That's it. But Help us learn. You know what? And sometimes it never hurts to help educate the counter guy, too. Because sometimes you taking that little bit of time to just talk to them and let them feel like a human too some days. Because we're all trying to do a job, man. Trust me. That's right. You know, there's days that you guys, you're in a truck and your phone's blowing up because you're owner of a business and you've got 15 homeowners calling you and they're angry. Guess what? There's plenty of counter guys that make 36 grand a year. They got 15 pissed off contractors calling them because each of those guys have 15 homeowners calling them. And we're trying to help all y'all as fast as we can. That's right. It's uh it's a pretty small little industry. All right, so I've got training in the morning at 
Oh, five hundred hours. My house at, <laughs> I gotta leave my house at five o'clock. So, are you good? I think we covered quite a bit. I think we did. I think we should do it again tomorrow. Go on there and say we got to start a uh, send start send R and D to we started, HR. Can we start a GoFundMe page to get to HR. Does that work? Go send us. Yes. <laughs> what charity do All you right. want for your birthday? The HVAC RD HR fund. Thank you. So we might have an update on our next episode. Yes, hopefully so. We will. We will circle back. Yep, I did it. I've been trying to. I was. I've been wanting to say that the whole show. Oh, and speaking of circle back, don't forget to go listen to Circle Back with Zach. That was a good episode. There you- <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. See y'all next time.